The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of government contracting. Amtower Off Center with your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. Uh, I'm here today with uh, with two friends, uh, Matt Donovan, Senior VP of Merrick Group, and Aaron Heffron, President of Market Connections, Inc. And we're going to talk about a study that they co-sponsored with the Professional Services Council. Actually, Professional Services Council and Merrick Group co-sponsored the study conducted by Market Connections. So um, <clears throat> first and foremost, Aaron, tell people who you are, what you do, and what uh, what uh, Market Connections does, please. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Uh, we at Market Connections have been working for over 20 years of doing the market research for the uh, federal community, uh, the contractors around the D.C. area and around the country and, frankly, around the world. Uh, I came back to Market Connections uh, about a year and a half ago, and w- this study that we're doing uh, is really one of many that we do uh, regularly throughout the year to just give some more information out into the marketplace uh, for the contractors themselves, learn about their customers, but also learn a bit a bit about themselves. Um, you can go and get a little more information about it at marketconnectionsinc.com. Uh, but, you know, we're looking forward and happy to be here with you, Mark, today and, and share a little bit more about the study. Matt, same question. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Matt Donovan. I'm a vice president with Merit Group, and we are a strategic marketing communications firm that is focused 100% on enterprise technology. My group specializes in helping uh, technology companies that sell directly into the federal government. So we help them with messaging, branding, public relations, the full gamut. So really uh, pleased to be here and chat about the study results. Cool. Uh, the study is the uh, government con- 2018 Government Contractor Study. And again, you can download it at either site, markconnectionsinc.com or uh, meritgrp.com. MeritGRP.com. So somebody else had Merit Group. They took it from us. That sucks. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> so, um, and this is not one of the studies that you can purchase. So what you download is what there is. However, I'm sure either uh, the staff at Mark Connections or at Merit Group would be happy to talk to you about any of the points here. So, Aaron, give me an overview of the uh, the objectives for the study first, please. Sure. Thanks, Mark. The Study itself uh, is kind of a, the most recent iteration of this contractor study that we've been doing for a number of years now. Since twenty, uh, since uh, early in the two uh, thousands, we started a study of looking just at the contractor community, uh, varying uh, topics along the way. And after interviewing thousands of government uh, government decision makers, we decided to take a look at ourselves. This study itself is really meant to look at the best practices of those uh, contractors, in particular the winning contractors. As part of the study, the real measurement of this was, are you winning more contracts than you're losing, both on recompetes uh, or new pursuits? So the objective was to look at those two different 
groups and understand what were those things that potentially led to greater success, uh, what might be holding folks back. And this year in particular was looking at the contrast between and the working relationship between the marketing groups and the business development groups within uh, the contractors, contractors themselves and understanding what's working and what's not working. And then looking at the strategies of going forward, what are some of the things and plans that they have uh, for the upcoming uh, for the upcoming year and beyond? Okay, um, we're going to take a, a dive into some of the results here. Uh, again, download the study, but I want to get to the uh, the first page of the survey results, and this this I found just. Uh, Number one, I loved it because several things that are on this are things that I've been talking about for a long time. I write about them. I talk about them. uh, And I'll be talking about them at 930 Gov. Um, So, um, Matt, let's start with you. Um, Demonstrating thought leadership and subject matter expertise is number one on the uh, organization capability ratings. Yeah, I mean, this is this is absolutely critical. Um, I think one of the themes of the study is, you know, really personalizing and aligning responses and marketing campaigns and BD strategies to specific RFPs. But, you know, in terms of brand awareness and, and getting out into the market, I think agencies want to work with companies that understand their challenge and understand what they're dealing with and can communicate how their solution intersects with what they're looking for in a specific RFP. So whether it's a white paper or an ebook, uh, a bylined article, um, we really, really focus on developing a thought leadership platform uh, for our clients as a really critical first step to being competitive in the market. Okay. Yeah, and I think that the thought leadership and the subject matter expertise is really important to a couple of the other things that we see on that list of capabilities of what people are uh, and contractors are reporting that they're able to be they're doing well in particular uh differentiating um and the challenges of the sales process i mean you know you would hope the study itself says that uh folks are having a little bit of a difficulty differentiating and we'll talk about that probably a little bit later uh, they're having a difficult differentiating from their competition. Thought leadership and and really laying out your subject matter expertise is one way to really set yourself apart uh, from them in a substantive way. I mean, everybody tries to talk about being different, and everybody's different. Uh, well, everybody's but, a cyber expert or a cloud expert. Yeah, or a and yeah. you know, and everybody is above average. So you know the. Uh, the challenge you have is really proving that. And the thought leadership and some of the information, I mean, a lot of the work we do with our clients is helping them set up to be smarter, uh, not only be smarter, but demonstrate that they're smarter. Okay. So, Matt, I'm assuming that you've never got a call from a company that says, we really suck at what we do. Can you help us sell? Never, uh, never. And <laughs> and we're not we're not different in any way. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Yeah. And, and you never did research for companies that admit to being adequate or mediocre no you know they, so. we say you know you what you can really put your stake on is that you're exceedingly average <laughs> yeah so so the the next one is is intriguing for a variety of reasons government customer relationship management so are we talking about crm here are we talking about more proactive bd and sales activity uh are we talking uh, uh, uh mixing in social networking here 
So what's, yeah, I what's think, it mean? Yeah, I think customer relationship management can mean a lot of different things. And to me, one at first look at this, at the findings, we found that only a little over half said they were very good or excellent at customer relationship management. That worries the heck out of me. Uh, is that you would really hope that as a company you're pretty good at whether it is social media, whether it is digital, whether it is uh, working in some sort of automated or personalized way, you would really hope that you're better than just fair uh, in all of this. And that's you know one of the red flags I have. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, you know we talk a lot about really working with your customers a lot. I mean, what do you see as being the the challenge there? Yeah, I mean, I think from a tool perspective, I think most of our clients have some sort of CRM tool. They're using, you know, Salesforce and, and most have some sort of marketing automation platform. I think it's definitely a case where you get what you put into it. And I definitely see companies invest in these tools, but not sort of leverage them to their maximum value. And what those tools actually kind of deliver, it can be, you can be more data-driven in your business development strategy. What are the biggest opportunities? What's really on the table? How are we aligning marketing strategies and messaging to those opportunities? And if, if you're not kind of nurturing those tools and maximizing the data, you know, you're not really, really grounding those strategies in, uh, in data. Okay. So uh, I just want to touch on a couple more here, and we'll take one for this uh, uh, this segment. Um, and it, and it's a biggie: readiness to adjust to changing government acquisition regulations. You know, over the last several years, we have had a number of programs instituted. You know, there's a uh, a, a renewed awareness of other transactional actions uh, out there. There's, you know, whatever the hell they're doing in Silicon Valley. There's 18F. Um, you know, the, the the category management is FSSI with a with a new shirt. Um, so um, it, that that's a lot for companies to respond to. Yeah, I mean it's it's an alphabet soup of challenges out there, really. And you know, we saw that we see that in a lot, and, and the challenges that folks stake out later in this survey really speak to that. And they say the actual you know, set aside the whole mess with funding and when the dollars are coming or when they're not coming. Let's assume there are dollars there, but then the pros, then the next step is we're not sure which uh, which stage we have to be in, where we're, we need to go, who we need to talk to at this point. Uh, that's chewing up a lot of good creative effort and time that could be put forward to working on better solutions, better mousetraps, um, even getting things to market faster. Uh, you know, the government setting itself back 12, 18 months or more in getting the right solutions in place just because of these types of changes and the moving landscape. Yeah, it's a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. And I'm actually surprised 50% said it would, they were excellent or very good because this is a. This I think is a they're really optimists. Big, yeah, I think they are. God bless them. Well, um, you know, if, yeah. if you're talking about the ones that win, they think they're good at adapting because they're still winning. Well, and, and I, I think it speaks to the mix of people we had in this survey is that it is a half of the folks in this survey are focused in marketing. 
half of the folks are really focused in business development. And that was the contrast that we were trying to make in this survey was to really understand the two. And you find that the the capture people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you you find the perspective there that, you know, BD people are are natural optimists. They have to be. Uh, So they say, yeah, you know, we're doing it just fine. We're moving along. Um, So, you know, those, that speaks to some of the results that we're getting here. Yeah. And, and oddly, you know, the, the, the conundrum for BD people is they're following the procurement, but they don't know what contracting is going to do as far as what kind of contract is going to be let for this. So is it going to be LTA, LPTA? Is it going to be best value? Are they going to append it to an IDIQ or a GWAC? Well, and their program managers they're dealing with on the government side don't even know themselves. Right. Um, in most cases. Yeah. And then marketing wants to align to that strategy, which is shifting, and they have shorter timelines, and they want to get the information on how they can be differentiated and successful. So it's a challenge across the board. It's a challenge across the board. We'll stop there. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. We shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm here today with uh, Matt Donovan of Merit Group and Aaron Heffron of Market Connections. And we're talking about the 2018 government contractor survey uh, issues for BD marketing and uh, uh, maintaining a win ratio that's uh, fairly decent. So, uh, marketing staff challenges. Um, who wants to go first here? I can chime in. Thanks, Mark. Um, I think one of the things that jumped out to me is the generating quality leads. We're seeing, you know, 17% of respondents uh, found this very challenging, which isn't surprising to me because I would say 90% of the prospects that come to us, they say, we need lead gen, we need lead gen, we need lead gen. And you know, it's not a market where you can buy a lead list and start doing cold calls. You have to earn those leads and you earn those leads through content and experiences and events that these agency agency buyers find educational, useful and valuable. So it does go back to that thought leadership, that message. How are we delivering something to the market that can help these folks do their jobs better? And then you're going to build real relationships. And those are the leads you want to nurture in this market. Yeah. And the the leads are only as you know you can get the leads but it's what you say to them and the cha- uh, to get them on board is Absolutely. even more important the key we found with the marketing folks was the big issue they had was differentiating themselves uh beyond just the price of their goods i mean nobody gets out there and says hey we're just the same as everybody else but you know what we're cheaper <laughs> um you know that's not necessarily a strategy that's going to win you uh, because there is a risk of a little bit of a risk averse. I know everybody talks about LPTA and that's the way they're going to go, but there is still a value proposition out there and a risk averse nature of this marketplace that you begin to worry if somebody's making all the promises that uh, they can deliver on all these things and they come in at a fraction of the price. Uh, it makes you question. It makes you wonder a little bit. And the marketing folks said that we have a challenge differentiating us beyond price. And we found that if they have that challenge, you know, according to the survey, their win rates are lower. Um, if you can't clearly state why you are better beyond the fact that you are cheaper, 
you know, you're not going to win, especially when you're trying to go after something new. As an incumbent, it might be a little different, but when you're trying to win something new where you haven't been before, you got to have something other to, to say other than we're cheaper. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, why we're better in the context of that specific opportunity. We have a lot of clients that, you know, they have this one high level message, but, you know, increasingly we're seeing RFP specific campaigns where we want to get out into market 18, 12 months ahead of time talking about the real specific challenges that that RFP is designed to tackle. And that's customized messaging. That's customized targeting. And that's really what we saw in terms of the successful contractors. That's been their approach. Well, and even the incumbents. Right. Uh, The incumbents are facing the challenge of, you know, they're in there. They've got the communication channels in place. But the trouble they're facing now is how do we uh, boil that down to a win theme that doesn't sound like us just saying, well, continue to go because we're already here. Um, you, because folks inevitably are looking for something fresh, something a little different, uh, maybe a new perspective on a challenge that they're facing. You got to make it uh, compelling that they should stick with you and that you can be flexible and come up with something uh, new and different and better. Uh, so identifying that right win theme. And if you have a challenge of kind of crystallizing that, you're not going to win. And the study proves that out, that the win rates are lower for those folks who have those challenges. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the the understanding the challenges your customers face, what are the information sources that BD and sales are working from here? Are they actually, you know, if you have a butts and seat kind of contract, are they getting feedback from the front lines? Because one of the issues that I have especially with my smaller clients, is they have no debriefing mechanism in place for talking to the people they have on site and getting their kind of gossip feedback, you know, kind of a knowledge-based approach because you need that information from the agency to understand not only what the messaging should be, but what, you know, what are the emerging pain points? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I agree with what Aaron said. I think, you know, that might explain some of the uh, alignment um, challenges where marketing thinks alignment is slightly worse in terms of integration with BD than BD does. I think marketing is always really pushing BD for that boots on the ground Intel, right? What, what are the wind themes? What's going to make a difference here? What's the environment on the ground? And I think you can do external research on, you know, what the agency is trying to drive, what's the big picture vision, but there's no substitute for gathering that Intel. And uh, to Aaron's point, research and, and those conversations are absolutely critical. Okay. Um, there, there's, there's about 10 items on the marketing staff challenges, but I, I want to migrate over to the business development staff challenges because there's uh, there's some similarities and some differences, but the uh, the biggie for the BD folks seems to be the procurement cycle itself. And if this is a problem for BD, they must be new to this market. Um, well, if it's a surprise to them, it, they must be new to right, the market. Right. Yeah. Um, it being a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the challenge has always been there. Right. Um, but if they go, oh, I never imagined this, um, you know, then then they have the issue. I mean, it's, it's not new. Um, and, you know, we look at the top two challenges that come out for both BD and for marketing alike, and they tend to be the government procurement cycle, you know, is constantly shifting and funding and budgets. I mean, it's the dollars and the processes are always going to be a challenge. I mean, 
five, ten years ago, we kind of knew that you would have a, a, a federal budget roughly in October and that spending would happen sometime in that Q1. I mean, now when's the last time we actually had a real budget in Q1? I, 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 I can't remember. Um, and now, you know, you're looking at March is your time frames now. So, I mean, BD's got to figure that out there, but it, it should not be an excuse because there's still things happening out there. And it's the figuring out how do I work within the processes that are going on right now? And if you're going to answer the challenges and address the pain points of those agencies, if you can do that and effectively communicate it, you're going to win regardless of the procurement cycle, regardless of the funding. If you've got a compelling story and you've got a a compelling way to connect to the individuals and reach those individuals, you're you're going to win. And it doesn't matter what the cycle is. Let all the the chatter go on, but it's it's still going to happen. That kind of moves me towards my next uh, uh, point on the BD, and it's 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 one that's been recurrent and will be recurrent, and that's the differentiation beyond price. So I've seen small companies that come into the market and want to sell, quote, to the government. I'm going, no, that's not the way you're going to win. You're going to focus. And I've seen small companies uh, dominate business in a very specific agency. CMS, for example, is is extremely small business friendly. And there's a lot of companies that make a lot of money doing really good things for CMS. So their their differentiation point is not simply the skill they bring to the table, but their knowledge of that customer. So what what other differentiation points? You know, Matt, let's start with you on this one. Sure. For for your clients, how how do you help them determine that differentiation? Yeah, I mean, I, it obviously depends on the organization and and where they sit in the market. So it could be, to your point, it could be their expertise or experience with a specific client. It could be that they have the best technology. And the challenge from a message perspective is to educate folks on that technology, but also communicate that this company understands the federal market. It's fun. We're, we're kind of in a, a cool time in the market where some of the new guard is coming in, the, the West Coast, Silicon Valley folks that say, we can really make a difference in federal. And the challenge there is communicating to agencies that they understand how this market works. And then the old guard or the, the folks that have supported federal for, for decades they're kind of competing against some of the new guard, and they have to show that they're innovative too. We're partnering with these companies, but we also have this foundation of expertise to build on, and you can trust us on that front. Yeah, Aaron, I want you to jump in, but I want you to jump in after the break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. We shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm here with Aaron Heffron. And Matt Donovan, uh, Aaron's with Mark Connections, Matt's with Merit Group. And we're talking about the uh, 2018 government contractor study. Aaron, jump in on that differentiation, please. Yeah, it's the marketplace out there right now is a challenge because everybody has the ability to get uh, their word out and their information on their products and services out there. 
easily, cheaply, and quickly. I mean, everybody can use social media. Everybody can use digital means. It's it's cost effective. I mean, compared to the barriers to entry of the past, now small businesses and large businesses alike are are a little bit more on the level playing field as far as getting the word out there. So what the byproduct of that is, is that you have a lot of noise out there and you have a lot of people saying the same thing. I mean, we're in the midst of an analysis right now of of the top 15 contractors in some of the major areas right now where we're looking at all of their language they're using in the areas of cyber and AI and those forms. And we're finding, you know, so much commonality, so many similar words, so much yep. similar language that how do you stand out? You know, it's kind of the old, uh, you know, if everybody's the same, who you know, everybody's above average, you know, that it's tough to get that out there. So the things that you can <clears throat> differentiate on, you know, are – you know, experience with those agencies, you know, working day to day, having folks on staff who used to work in those agencies uh, are is another area that you can really put a stake in the ground because there's only one, you know, there's only a limited number of those people who have left there and can work. So that can be a clear differentiator as well if you have those types of folks on staff or, as I said, the specific experience in some of those detailed areas. The challenge is the folks coming in from the commercial side of things of saying that, yes, we can provide these solutions. Uh, you know, They're dealing with an incredibly risk-averse audience. The, if those folks want to be, want to be innovative, but they in 2018 on the bleeding edge. Right, Not but too, in, yeah. <laughs> in 2018, they want to be innovative for 2014. Um, is where they want to be. Welcome to the government market. <laughs> well, and that's the case. And you got to understand that. Yeah. Uh, right. And you got to meet people where they are and not come in whiz bang that, you know, we can change the world to some extent because they're like, well, I don't necessarily want to change the world. I just want to make things a little bit easier for my folks today. Yeah. So, yeah. right. It has to be grounded in this market and the security and compliance landscape. I would say you can also differentiate on ideas, not to go back to thought leadership. I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. But if you can get out there talking about a unique way to solve a problem that is grounded in the federal risk landscape, you can differentiate. But that comes back to storytelling and messaging. And that's, you know, that's hard. That is that is hard. Aaron, you said one thing that I, I want to get both your takes on here. You said everybody can use social media. So you knew I was going to bring in LinkedIn sooner or later. So here it is. Um, 90% of the profiles that I see on LinkedIn lack massive amounts of information that could be shared. Most people still have that silly blue background on their individual profiles, the thing with the lines and the dots. They don't know that that's editable space. That's a friggin' billboard. Wake up. Um, so, you know, they, they aren't differentiating their company. They aren't differentiating themselves. They aren't saying what the company does or who the company does it for. Uh, and this is about 85 to 90% of the profiles that I review. And I'm looking at about 200 profiles a day. So, and they're all in this market. Yeah, I mean, there's there is certainly opportunity, and you should take advantage of any and all space that you have that you can get the word out. You can differentiate yourself in. You can add information in there. Whether or not they come 
and look there and see that, you know, there's no downside to putting it there. Um, you know, they're going to uh, you might as well leverage the space that you can. And, and we find that. I mean, social media is not going away. It's increasingly used uh, across the markets. Uh, LinkedIn has found a nice niche in being a combination of some social. I, I don't even know if I call it a social network anymore. Um, it does. It feels more like a big business networking type of site. You're either business networking or you're recruiting. Um, to me, is what LinkedIn is at this point. Um, but I think it's a great repository for information that if you're just doing some searching and trying to get the background, it's there and you immediately are connected to an individual, which is the important part. Two things about LinkedIn that we love about LinkedIn. It's actually serving a really interesting purpose as a thought leadership platform for executives. I mean, some of these executives have thousands upon thousands of connections on LinkedIn, really, really high value connections. And if you're going to put up a blog on your site, if you're going to put something out into the market, put it up on LinkedIn too. get engagement on that platform, hit that audience. We've seen a lot of our, our clients really gain a lot of traction using it for that. I would say from an advertising perspective, and this goes back to the customization and personalization that's going on in this market. If you're targeting some specific agencies, if you've got an RFP coming up, whether it's in Homeland Security or Defense, you can be so targeted in terms of who you're putting that content in front of with what message yep. at a really, really cost-effective ROI. So I was surprised. I know we're talking about it in a little bit, but the investment going on in this market on social platforms and digital platforms has been something we've been seeing a real big increase on and, and real ROI as a result of. Well, let's go there right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, the marketing budget increases for 2018, number one, digital advertising. So what's, what's, uh, where's the money going? We have absolutely seen an uptick in digital. I would say it's a lot of social advertising. LinkedIn is absolutely in play. We've seen great results from Facebook, surprisingly, as a platform in terms of engagement with content. I think you know digital advertising across the media channels that move the needle is absolutely important. But I think the reason the investment is going there is twofold. One, it's the targeting, which I talked about. And then two, it's the measurement. You know exactly in real time what behavior it's driving, how you might need to evolve, and how you can package up results back up to your leadership. So we're seeing this real-time um, analysis of what's moving the needle, and it's becoming a lot, more, uh, a lot more impactful. And I think that as we progress and the generations change, I mean, we're looking at a huge um, out-migration of the federal workforce uh, here in the next five to 10 years, uh, you see that the millennials and others that are coming into or moving into positions of decision-making, that there is less of a clear, bright line between their personal lives and their business lives. They're kind of doing a little bit of both at all times. So they may put in a 10, 12-hour workday, but that's scattered between the moment they wake up and the moment they go to sleep. That sounds like me. <laughs> so there's a, there's a blurring, but to Matt's point is it does not surprise me that you're getting more traction in Facebook uh, because they are 
looking in LinkedIn. They're doing some research online on work thing. They hop over to their personal feeds, look at their Twitter feeds or whatever, see it populated by some of the things they were just looking at. Uh, in other areas, and they go, oh, yeah, that's right, that's what I was doing, and jump back um, by clicking through that Facebook ads in the same way. There's that blurring of the lines that we have found through some generational research that we've done that, you know, it's it doesn't matter anymore, uh, that clear line it used to be. Don't step on their personal space. It doesn't matter anymore. Thank you. It's funny too. I mean, the, you kind of see two ends of the spectrum in the results too, because event sponsorships performed extremely strong and event participation. And I still think this is a face-to-face market largely. And how do you get in front of the folks that are in the right room with the right message? And that's still an enormous part of the marketing mix. And it's not just, I mean, we put sponsorships here. I think it's like event engagement, you know, sponsoring the happy hour or the lunch that that goes so far, but being on a panel, delivering a really smart message, you know, a presentation, a demonstration. Those are the things that we've really found have moved the needle for our clients. They move the needle for me. Speaking has always been my best business development tool. Yep. So, um, yeah, event sponsorship is not going away. Uh, I know that somebody rang the death bell for it a number of years back saying nobody's going to go to events anymore. Um, well, GSA rang that bell. <laughs> it's, it was some self-ringing. But the uh, you know it has grown back. We've seen it in our surveys. Uh, it, is, it has rebounded. Is it at the levels that it was 10 years ago? No. Will it be? Probably not. But – the also the definition of what it what an event is has changed, um, whether it be customized miniature type events True. or online events. Yep, um, you know all of that kind of falls into that space. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about uh, the marketing budget. After this, you're listening to Amtower Off Center on FederalNewsRadio.com dot com and fifteen hundred AM. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm here with uh, with uh, Matt Donovan of Merit Group, M- Merit, M-E-R-R-I-T-T-G-R-P.com, and Market Connections, Aaron's Heffron, Aaron Heffron of Market Connections, marketconnectionsinc.com. You can download this study from either site. I strongly suggest you do so. There's a lot of neat stuff here, a lot of stuff that can can if you use it properly, help you fine-tune your program. Before we migrate from that one slide, I want to talk about the written marketing content because both of you alluded to it earlier. Matt, especially you talking about executives being able to to position themselves properly in that thought leadership category. Absolutely. It's critically important from a thought leadership perspective. It can be critically important from a demand generation perspective whatever asset it becomes, I think there's been a sort of a rebellion against the the stodgy academic white paper, which is fine. But the point is write something interesting, timely and useful. That's easy to engage with, make it, you know, put it on your site and, you know, make it on a theme that's relevant to the segment of the market that you're pursuing. So if you can come up with an interesting story, an interesting thought leadership piece, we think, especially as a, a foundational marketing asset, that's absolutely critical across the marketing ecosystem from brand awareness 
to demand generation. But there is a fine balance between getting written content out there and that scientific academic research paper that you're talking about and the pure I'm selling my product service type of white paper. We've all seen those. And you call it a white paper and you download it and you realize that you just read a three-page pitch by this company. And there's a balance there. And when we work with our folks, we ask them, all right, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to get across? You say you want to be a thought leader. What does that mean to you? And we try to put in and help uh, gather some of that information that will tell their prospects something they didn't know about themselves uh, and make them kind of not, you know, think of them nodding and agreeing as they're reading it and saying, yeah, that's me too. And we go through and we get that kind of information directly from them. Those are some of those key elements that uh, we think are important to have in those written pieces. And we found, you know, when we've partnered with Aaron and his team, if you can ground that story in data, tell them something about themselves that they know or maybe didn't know, and then build upon that with, hey, this is how you might be able to solve this, or other people are struggling with this. All, all of this stuff kind of uh, stacks up to to build that winning platform. So let's talk about the spend. And again, the you know, the event sponsorship, eighty six percent. Boom. Um that's huge. The question was put in a way of what are all the things that are included in your budget? And this wasn't necessarily what's the biggest spend in your budget. Right. Uh but this what's included. So you got nine out of ten people saying yes we are doing some sort of event sponsorship. If I were running events out there, I'd be jumping up and down. That Mike's there's, and yeah, there's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of happy folks out there right now. If I were a marketing person trying to decide which event I'm going to, I need to think about it and do it quickly because this does indicate there is going to be competition out there for a limited number of quality slots. I think it's more than I'm paying to have a table set up there. It's got to be more than that. I mean, I know Mar- uh, Matt, you feel that way. Uh, Totally, totally. And to that point, we're seeing sort of a quality over quantity approach where marketing leadership is taking a look at their event spend and saying, okay, what actually moved the needle? And then let's double down on those events. Let's not just have a table. Let's just not exhibit. Let's get our folks on stage. Let's do a joint customer presentation. Let's have a really interesting storyline to land here when we're chatting with customers. So I think it is a, uh, a bigger focus on the events that really uh, are, are having an impact. <clears throat> Back to social media advertising was, was number two on the, again, may not be the second highest as far as spend goes, but it, on uh, six and a half out of 10 people's list. Right. And, and we found especially the digital advertising and social media advertising for the those companies that have high success rates in winning on existing contracts, the incumbents are coming in and those are areas where they're spending their dollars and increasing their spend, uh, which makes sense because they're trying to maintain a certain level of awareness among their existing customers. It's an inexpensive way to maintain a certain level of awareness. I mean, the last thing you want your clients to do is kind of forget that you're there. And if you've got a recompete coming up, that's a cheap and easy way to at least set a minimum bar to keep that awareness going. And we find that that's where they 
want to spend their dollars and where they have the most success. Absolutely. Even folks going after new business and pursuing new RFPs, the targeting is so interesting. We've had clients that were, you know, going after decision makers in a lab on the West Coast or a DOD installation in San Diego. From geo-targeting to the level within the organization to the agency itself, you can get that targeted in terms of who's seeing your content and the ROI is just fantastic. There's there's really no fluff in that marketing spend. Yeah, I mean, when I did my biannual survey on the census for feds on LinkedIn, we broke 2 million this year. Wow. And every federal agency is there. Virtually every operating division within those agencies that I looked up is there separately, to your point. And, you know, 15% plus of the job titles, this is unscientific, but I eyeball a lot, uh, 15% plus of the job titles are IT related. Yep. And then we have the program and project managers. That's 40% of the federal audience. Yeah. Hello. That's huge. Yeah. We've been increasingly able to geofence uh, the folks that we do uh, some of our surveys and evaluation with all around the country of the federal folks. And we have our clients coming to us and saying, hey, we need to do a a big push. We're going to do a big push in Mobile, Alabama or in Mm -hmm. uh, Tidewater or those sorts of areas. And we're able to be able to really evaluate what's going to be most effective in those specific areas. I mean, the technology's there. We might as well leverage it. Yep. Yeah, we we didn't even get to touch on, you know, uh, part of the spend is for market intel and and research, uh, digital advertising, webinars. Webinars are huge. PR, video marketing, video marketing's massively on the rise. Radio, TV advertising is apparently still alive. Yeah. As are podcasts. And, you know, some of the the older school tactics, the print ads and the the TV advertising, that absolutely still has a place, I especially think, in the brand awareness bucket. We had a client, they had one primary competitor who had a great brand in federal. They had virtually no brand presence in federal. The first thing their sales guys would go into a meeting, they say, we're kind of like our competitor. That was their that was their intro. That's not a great <laughs> intro message. So we got to close the gap, help people build their brands. If you have no brand awareness and nobody knows even at a high level what you do, that's going to be a rough way to start. So there's still a place for that. That'd be like in the 1960s walking into a federal office and going, I'm like IBM. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're like IBM, but a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> All right, Aaron, give me some final thoughts. I think the biggest thing, I I come back to the differentiation question, and I I just constantly hearing it, it's something we're hearing more that our clients are being challenged with, is they say there's a lot of noise out in the marketplace out there. Uh, Help us figure out how we can say something differently, but say it in a credible way that's believable. You you can make statements out there saying you've got the best mousetrap. And if the agencies, if if you're walking into an agency that has a proclivity to not believe you uh, or has a skeptical view of you as a company, uh, you know, you're kind of, you've got your back up against the wall. I mean, you are uh, to just throw all the metaphors in there, pedaling uphill in all of this. And if you can lay out yourself and put a message out there that is believable, credible, and then also directed to the right people, I mean, that's going to put you in the best position. I know that's you know a little bit of the holy grail of all of this, uh, but if you can at least get two out of those three, you're way ahead of many others. Completely agree. 
I think the big takeaway here is the message piece. And that comes through when we see differentiation, win themes. These are all messaging challenges. And we see that across our client base. Who are we? What do we believe? What makes us different? And I think nailing that, but also grounding it in the specific challenge of the RFP, the specific challenge of that agency. You know, companies want to talk about themselves first. We say, take a step back. Let's start with the client challenge and build your message on top of that. So I think that was that shown through um, across the results. Cool. Gentlemen, thank you very much again. The study is the 2018 Government Contractor Study. You can download it at MeritGRP.com or MarketConnectionsInc.com. This is not my day job. I advise all sizes of companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, particularly leveraging social media and building that subject matter expert platform. If you want to talk to me about it, drop me a line, mark at federaldirect.net. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Amtower Off Center, only on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com.